This is Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll be speaking with Dee Severe of Severe Sex Films. ASB Cash, the affiliate program for Adult Site Broker, would like to announce we've doubled our affiliate payouts. That's right. Now when you refer sellers or buyers to us at Adult Site Broker, you're going to receive 20% of our broker commission on any and all sales that result from that referral for life. You can either place a link to us on your site or refer buyers and sellers through an email introduction. ASB Cash is the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage. Check out ASBCash.com for more details and to sign up. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to offer for sale a growing sex doll site. Started in 2016, it's grown to over $2 million in annual revenue. The owner is focused and invested heavily into SEO for the site, making sure it consistently ranks at the top in the search engines for the main industry keywords. As a result, most of the traffic and sales are organic, coming from people who have searched for sex dolls on Google. The store has an impressive SEO footprint tuned to long-term success. Other strong sales channels are the 25,000-plus person email list and an affiliate program, which rewards content creators for referring sales to the store. The owner has developed relationships with the best TPE and silicon doll manufacturers. The products are drop-shipped directly from the manufacturers to the customer. Along with these products, the store also offers some of its own exclusive sex doll and male masturbation models. The store has hundreds of five-star reviews on the site and on third-party sites. It's consistently listed as one of the best sex doll stores in the world thanks to a focus on customer service. The store currently has no employees aside from the owner who works 10 to 15 hours a week on the business. SEO is handled by an agency. This is a business that can be grown by a company with experience in the novelties field and has an experienced team in place. It's already a very healthy business that's making lots of money and growing rapidly. Only $2.72 million. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is Dee Severe of Severe Sex Films. Dee, thanks for being with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk. It's my pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you. Now, um, Dee is a director. Uh, she comes to fetish porn from a background in rock journalism. She was previously a writer for Rolling Stone, The Hollywood Reporter, and many other publications. She's also worked in mainstream indie film and had a gig as a pro dominatrix. Um, Severe and her producer-performer husband, Jimmy Broadway, are lifestyle BDSM players. They co-founded Severe Sex Films with the aim of combining authentic BDSM with cinematic production values. Severe's films, Corrupted by the Evils of Fetish Porn and Mindfucked, a cult classic, won back-to-back X-Biz Awards for Fetish Release of the Year. Cybill Troy is Vicious garnered an AVN award for best BDSM release, while Charlotte Sartre, Filthy Angel, I hope I pronounced that right, and uh, Sartre. 
It's Sybil and Charlotte Sartre. Okay, there you go. I did it wrong. Um, and the, and uh, Perversion and Punishment 13 were honored by the Alt Porn Awards as Best Gonzo Video. Severe has also been nominated for several XBiz Industry Executive Awards and was a panelist at the SXSW Seminar Using Explicit Sex as a Storytelling Element. Dee and Jimmy live in Las Vegas with their two awesome rescue dogs, Bella and Fiona. Now, you started out as a music reporter. How did you get into the adult industry? It's a long and weird story. Tell um, me. I, I, was, I was in the music industry for quite a long time, and I started getting burned out on it. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's like when you're 20, a job where you have to go out to hear bands five nights a week is like the awesomest thing in the world. Yeah. Once you get into your 20s, a job where you have to go out six or your 30s, rather, <laughs> once you like a job where you have to go out six nights a week to hear bands gets to be like less awesome every year as it goes by. <laughs> yeah. um, so I was getting um, I also kind of wanted to write my own stuff as opposed to writing about someone else's creative process. So sure. I got into I, I got into writing mainstream screenplays and. I had some limited success with it, but I was very frustrated with the whole process. It was, it's kind of like in, in mainstream film, like, okay, you write a screenplay, your agent gets an option. You think, oh boy, it's going to be a movie. This is going to be so awesome. And that doesn't happen. What happens is you get a producer who makes you rewrite it like 739 times. So you want to like throw yourself and the script and the producer off a roof because you can't take it anymore. And (laughs) This goes on for like a couple of years and you get some like renewal payments and then something goes wrong with the financing and the whole thing falls apart. And you have to start over. Oh, so geez. this this happened to me like four times and it was it was just kind of like, I hate this process. Yeah. I want to make movies. I don't want to do this. This yeah. just yeah. sucks. Yeah. So by this time I had hooked up with my beloved. Um, I'd, I'd come, come out as a kinky person and, and we met on alt.com. Ah. Um, and he was all he's involved in uh tv sports and other live 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 tv production so we mm. we joined we joined a um a mainstream short film collective where basically people crewed on each other's movies so mm-hmm. the group made 60 short films in three years wow. and like some of them like one of ours like did a pretty good festival run and stuff so we were like this seemed like a better idea. This was like these sure. we were like making stuff and and we were learning how to do it and we were kind of like at that point this was like in the mid two thousands and um we're we're straight to DVD movies were still a thing so we were developing like a low budget horror movie that could be straight to DVD mm-hmm. and um right at this time we're also like really broke at this time so we're spending all these <laughs> like time making like making like short films that went to festivals and didn't make any money. So yeah. we would go to this fetish club, which is no sanctuary, but was passive arts. It was a mm-hmm. dungeon. And we would go there for like fetish night parties. And the guy who was running the dungeon kept saying, you should come work here. You'd be really good. So it was like, you know, something that's probably not a bad idea. So I got a part-time job at the dungeon as a pro dominatrix. Um, and this guy wanted to get into, like he'd done a couple of, like BDSM movies that weren't very good. And we were like, well, you know, we have this film background. We could like do this stuff for you. Um, And so then we started making his DVDs and we ran his clips for sales stores for two years and Hmm. proceeded to make all our rookie mistakes on somebody else's nickel. Excellent. Um, And at that, and at that point we just realized like, 
this is so creative and so much fun. Sure. And all the people in like kinky porn are so much nicer than the people in mainstream film. And like, <laughs> yeah. and like, we're actually, we're like actually making money at this. We're making like, a, like, like half this and half the, the, you know, TV stuff that, that my husband continues to do is like, this is like a nice income. We yeah. can do this. So we kind of took that ball and ran with it. And that's how I went from rock journalism to what I do now. Wow. Wow. That's quite, that is, uh, that's um, quite a journey. Now, was there, was there a bit of culture shock once you got into adult? Like a little bit. I was, I was always like a really open-minded person. So I didn't, mm -hmm. it's like, I mean, cause we went to like, because I was part of the BDSM community first, right. um, like that part of it wasn't like, you know, working in the dungeon wasn't like shocking that much. It, it's kind of like, it was a little bit of a culture shock when we, when we got more into vanilla porn, hmm. but, but we kind of adjusted pretty, pretty quickly. And mm -hmm. now there's so much, like there's much more crossover now because kink is like, thanks to the, the awful, but very helpful sh sh 50 shades of gray. Like kink <laughs> has gotten much more mainstream. So those two worlds. Why does everybody an adult hate that? <laughs> it's because it's like, the, it's like, a hor it's like really badly written. I mean, it's like just it's a really bad book and it's just the way that it represents BDSM is like stupid and in inaccurate. Nobody does that. Okay. Okay. You don't you know, you don't take someone who's like a complete newbie and kind of make them your like house slave and impose all the stuff on them without their consent. And they're like, that's not that's abuse. Yes. That's not, like a BDSM relationship is all about consent. It's like right. what, what he does in that book is like completely irresponsible and wrong and bad. But on the plus side, yeah, it Hollywood. got all these, yes, it got all these people going, huh, you know something? Tying up my guy or my girl sounds like it'd be really hot. I think I want to do it. And <laughs> then they got into it and then they were like, well, we want, we want to know about other things. So let's look at some kinky porn and get some ideas and this nice. stuff like ours got much more popular. So yeah, even, though, yeah. even though I hate, I hate Fifty Shades of Grey as a thing. I'm I'm happy about the effect that it had. Yeah, you're like the third person on the podcast who said that. So what's the difference between working in mainstream film and in porn? Mainly the nice people part. People yeah. in people in mainstream film are so desperate to to make it. Mm -hmm. It's like they will assassinate your grandma. I mean, it's it's like it the or the, their own <laughs> or their own. It's like it's there's this clawing thing where you really can't trust anybody, right? Because everybody's so so desperate and so right. and and it's like and nobody's really like something good happens to you. No, people pretend that they're happy for you, but you know they're not. They're, you know yeah. they're really jealous and they're not supportive of you. Sure, and it's. And it's it's just the general. There's like an old joke about New York versus L.A. In New York, people say "fuck you" when they mean "have a nice day," and in <laughs> L.A., people say "have a nice day" when they mean "fuck you." Fuck you. <laughs> and so, porn is more like New York. Mainstream film is more like L.A. Interesting. <laughs> so, so, go ahead. It's it's yeah. Porn porn is just like it's it's just much more nice and fun. My, with with the exception of some asshole people who are slowly kind of getting driven out of the industry, but but mm -hmm. um, overall, people in porn are much nicer, and it's just 
like their people are more supportive of each other and yep. it's just like people have fun yeah you know mainstream film is really not very much fun yeah that reminds me of something uh i used to go on a lot of cruises and uh the you know the staff you say anything to them and they're like no problem man and mm -hmm. you know the one comedian was doing his bit and he goes you know what that means don't you that means fuck you <laughs> have you seen the white lotus no you should see the white lotus okay it's, it's about it's it's on i think it's on hbo hmm. it's, it's about it's about like rich people at a out of a swanky resort in Hawaii that's exactly about that. Okay. I just said, it's really good. It's funny. Okay. So how did you get into the BDSM lifestyle? I, I always wonder how people find it. Well, it was, I think it's kind of something like, let me put it this way. When I was a little kid and everybody else wanted to be a Disney princess, I wanted to be Maleficent. <laughs> Because she lived in a castle and she had like cool minions and she wore all black and she was just like she had power. Mm. Um, so I, I think it's it's kind of like I've always kind of been very edgy and I've always kind of felt like like with vanilla sex, like it was fun, but something was missing. Mm. Um, and there was like something missing out of those relationships. So I was like not like completely happy even when I was in like in a decent relationship. Okay. And whenever there was a relationship that was even mildly kinky, even though there was like totally other things wrong with the person, like that's the one I'd be like really into. Hmm. So at one point, um, once I got divorced from my first husband, I was kind of like, you know something? I'm a kinky person. Like all my fantasies are like this. They're all about like power and control and, and kink and fetishes. Mm -hmm. And like, fuck it. I'm going to do this in real life. Like I want this. <laughs> I want this for my real life. I don't want this to just be like my fantasies. And um, then I then I kind of actually this was this was still in the 90s when people still had ads like in L.A. Weekly. So I put an ad mm -hmm. in L.A. Weekly that I was like a beginning amateur dominatrix and I was like looking for people to play with. And then I got like 200 responses. And Jeez. <laughs> yeah. So then then I went like on lots and lots of dates like, <laughs> with, with people and sort of like ended up with. Like I ended up with like two guys who between the two of them made a really good boyfriend. Like they both had, had, had good qualities <laughs> um, and kind of played with them for about a year and kind of got like, I, I would go, um, this was also like before really like, this is like as a mid, mid to late nineties and like porn really wasn't on, like kink was online, but that was about it. And right. so you still would go down to like the dirty adult store and rent stuff. And I would go mm -hmm. in there and I would be like the only woman. These guys were like, <laughs> oh my God, there's a girl in here. Um, and they would just be like so embarrassed. It was really funny. So then I would, I, I would rent like fetish porn and like then watch it and you know, get hints and stuff. And then like along the lines of this in my, um, then I went online and put an ad in, in alt.com and, again, got an avalanche of responses. And one of the responses I got was my now husband of more than 20 years. Wow. Wow. That's fabulous. How does kind of something that I was wondering about, you know, being an adult, I'm non-judgmental. I don't, you know, I, I, I never, I don't look down on what anyone does about anything, but I mean, how do you think the general public looks at that lifestyle? I think they're, pro I think some of the, I mean, most of them think everybody in porn of vanilla porn or kinky porn is like a freak and disgusting. And that's just like where this come of the earth. Oh, um, that's true. Yeah. Um, 
I think some people, I mean, if they're, if they're like open-minded people and they saw 50 shades of gray, they're kind of probably curious about kind of the more mild things like spanking and light mm -hmm. bondage and stuff like that, which is, which sure. is one of the reasons why, why we have instruction. We have an, a series of instructional DVDs for just that purpose so that people can do cool. these things safely. Nice. Um, it's called kink school. There's a whole, whole bunch of them because ah. one of the, one of the things about BDSM is like kind of like the more, excuse me, the more into it you get, the more there's a capacity for like injuring somebody. Yep. So it's 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 real. You know, it's kind of like if you if you tie somebody's hands wrong and leave them that way, you can cause permanent nerve damage and stuff like that. Yep. So like there's a there's a point where you really have to, you know, like get instruction. Yeah, you, know, you got to be and, careful. And you have to be careful, and you have to practice things and kind of get into it kind of slowly, kind of have it be like an adventure with your partner where there's a lot, like a lot of communication. And mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was able to, I had the, the ability to go watch some, um, uh, BDSM, um, shootings at the kink castle, the late great kink castle. Yes. Back when they did the, uh, the why not show there. And, uh, ah, that was fascinating. I was like, I'm kind of looking, I'm like, I'm not sure what I'm actually looking at here, but, and my poor wife, I mean, she, it was her first, it was uh, one of her early trips from Thailand and this, this uh, <laughs> very naive young lady from Thailand and she's with me and she's kind of looking at me going, hmm. So it was, it was, it was That's interesting funny. to say the least. So how has uh, relocating to Vegas worked out for you? We love it here. Um, it is, I mean, it's kind of, there, there's so many nice things about it. It's, it's kind of got, if you want to do the big city things and go to the strip and go out and go crazy and do all that stuff and go to shows and go to like sporting events, you can do all that. If you want, like yep. a really, if you want to have like a really quiet suburban life, that's really peaceful and calm and affordable. And you can look at pretty mountains and clear air. You can mm -hmm. do that. And the two things yeah. are like 20 minutes apart. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, you know, like it's it's much more manageable than L.A. just in terms of like traffic and stuff and like that. Plus in what in, what, it, what isn't. <laughs> yes. Um, it's like people complain about traffic here. It's like, honey, you have no idea. Um, you have no well, idea how good the, the traffic place is. I have a problem with traffic is on the strip. I mean, the, the traffic on well, the strip yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah, that's yeah. If you live here, you never drive on the strip. Right. You, Right. Actually, never go to the strip unless you're going to a show or something. Yeah, yeah um, I get it. It's it's pretty much like like downtown is actually like a lot more fun to me, like mm -hmm. Fremont Street and that. I agree. Yeah, that kind of area. Yeah, it's but fun. It's yeah. I the other thing with with LA for us is because we had a studio there. It's like our our rent was just so crazy and our overhead was so crazy. Sure, it was kind of like we make really good money. Why are we broke all the time? Mm -hmm. because you know because we had like this insane overhead and also the the gentrification of the main part of downtown was kind of pushing skid row into our neighborhood mm -hmm. so it was kind of like our rent was going up and the neighborhood was getting worse so it was kind of like yeah. uh you know this is not ideal right. um but right. but happily um a, a friend of ours took over our studio so we can still shoot there you know when when we're in LA which we do occasionally that's awesome. Um, but she doesn't live there, so it's it's like that works out better. Like we lived there, so it was kind of 
a do little you, bit weirder. Do you miss anything about LA? I mean, I miss having the studio. I really enjoyed, like, Mike really enjoys building sets and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And it's it's like we had a, it, it was it was really nice to be able to, like, take two or three days and do, like, an elaborate set thing and then, like, leave it there mm-hmm. um, as opposed to here where we have to rent things. I miss that. I would say that I miss the beach. Like, we really enjoyed mm-hmm. the beach when we lived near it. But once we moved away from it, we never went back there. So it. Interesting. Yeah, it was, you know, but I, like when we lived in Redondo Beach, I really enjoyed the beach. Yeah, um, Redondo's gorgeous. It's nice there. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, we go back probably, you know, three, four times a year at least. So it's mm-hmm. not like, you know, it's like, like, you know, like we left LA and we can never see it again. So I, I don't <laughs> really miss that much about it. <laughs> so uh, what do you like to do when you're not working? Um, I'm working all the time. Um, I like to go to the gym. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like a fairly basic person. I like to go to the gym. I like to go do things with my dogs. Okay, before before the whole quarantine thing came around, like, you know, go out to dinner and like, mm-hmm. like we went to a Raiders game. That was really fun. I'm looking forward to doing that some more. Sure. Um, now that I don't have to review them, I still like going to concerts. <laughs> you know, we're having fun. So like your, your, your basic stuff, but I mean, we're, we're pretty busy right now. So it's sure a lot of times like, you know, time off is like, Hey, let's grub hub. That'll be fun and different. You yeah. Know? Sometimes it's great to just to stay home and chill. Yes. So what's, um, what's your favorite part of the job you do? I really like directing. Um, mm-hmm. I like having an idea in my brain and, that having that idea happen, like making what I see inside my, my mind be a real thing. That's a movie. Hmm. Um, and like editing is part of that. So like, I, I, I enjoy the actual shooting process probably the most, but the editing process is like really vital for making that, you know, for making that vision kind of come to life. So mm-hmm. like, that's my, that's my favorite. Like, that's what I like to do. If, if I did, if I could just do that and didn't have to do any of the other stuff, that would be awesome. <laughs> But, you know, but there's other stuff. So, so okay. I know that I need to. What's your, well, all that, you know, I'll, I'll ask the next part. What's your least favorite uh, thing about your job? Um, I, if, if I never had to program another clips for sale clip or, or write descriptions or do any, any of that stuff, like that would be awesome. <laughs> not, not, not big on any of that, but sure. it's like, it's, you know, it's like, which is why we've kind of arranged life so that, you know, other people take like most of our deals are with like other people who take a percentage of profit for doing the stuff that we don't want to do, and that works cool. out perfectly. Um, that makes you know, like, good. M- like a like our website and like all of our tubes and, and other stuff is is done by Adult Empire, who are fabulous. Mm-hmm. You know, so we just send them stuff and they do cool shit with it, and that you know they could do better than we ever could because that's not our thing. Sure, sure. Um, and we have a kink channel and, you know, mm-hmm. so. Nice. So how has the pandemic affected your business and what did you guys do during lockdown? You know, we really lucked out. Um, and, and I have to, I have to say, I have, I inadvertently have to thank Blake Shelton for saving her business. <laughs> this is what happened. Um, we were like, we had all kinds of plans for 2020 and like we were, 
there was a concert like I, at that point I was going through like this country music phase. So mm -hmm. there was a Blake Shelton concert in LA at the forum and he did not have a Vegas show and I really wanted to go. So we figured, well, what the hell? Let's just like we'll road trip to LA. And then we figured, well, you know, as long as we're going, let's go, let's stay a week. Let's like really shoot a whole bunch of stuff with like our, our LA doms that we like and like shoot a bunch of stuff in our old studio. And then we can mm -hmm. write the whole thing off and we'll come back. So that's what we did. And then four days later, the quarantine hit. Shit. And our income for everything dipped like 70%. Wow. But we had enough new content that we could keep our website going through the quarantine. That's awesome. Which, which kind of, I mean, it is still, you know, like we made it through it. You know, mm. like a like a lot of stuff went away for the time being. We kind of made it through it, and and then as like as soon as we could safely start shooting something, we did. You mm. know, with like a lot of testing and like a lot of being really careful. Yep. And kind of you know like just dealing with people that we knew to be like responsible people. Yeah. You know, but that was that was pretty much it. Like if if that hadn't happened, if we hadn't had all that content, we would really have had like a big problem because there was just nothing. You know. <sighs> A lot of people, a lot of people had that problem. Yeah, it was, it was rough. It was really rough, but it, it also on the, on the plus side, well, kind of on the plus and minus side, right before that, I bought a Mac pro, mm. like a really souped up one. You know how yeah. much those things cost? A lot. Yeah. We bought one of those and on, on one year financing, mind you. So that was like mm. happening. It's like, oh, great. We have to pay like 800 bucks a month for this computer on top of everything else. Shit. Like with the, with the quarantine going on. But on the plus side, it came, like we got new cameras too at the same time mm -hmm. as we were having like this really great year. And it came with the DaVinci Resolve. So having quarantine gave me this time to just like sit around and learn DaVinci Resolve, um, which is considerably different than Final Cut Pro 7. So that was a good, you know, that... I made good use of my, my quarantine time. Mm -hmm. Cool. So what's your philosophy when it comes to casting? I like to deal with people who know what they're doing. It's kind of like, I, sense. I do not get the whole, I mean, I kind of get it for vanilla porn, the whole thing to like hire, like the, the newest, most naive 18 year old who got into the business like four days ago thing. <laughs> We don't do that. It's like, I like people where, like, I, I like stuff that looks real. I hate the sure. style of shooting where it's like, okay, let's fuck for 40 seconds. Okay, I'm changing my camera position. Okay, fuck for another 40 seconds. Okay, let's change our camera position. Um, we shoot three camera, and preferably, I like people to not stop. Yeah. So like, like, you know, like 99% of the time, if you get three cameras, you have a usable shot at all times. Yeah. And you, you get this velocity that way that you just don't get otherwise. Sure. Um, it's it's got like an emotion to it and it's mm -hmm. got it's just got like this power to it. Um mm -hmm. and for that, like you just need you need people who know what they're doing, you know, plus yeah. with for, with like more advanced kinky stuff, you need people who've had some training. You know, it's mm -hmm. like I've said like a zillion times, just because you put a girl in latex and, and give her a flogger, that does not make her a dominatrix. <laughs> you know, like we, like we have people who who have skills, and like once we find somebody who's got a good attitude and has skills, and like our our fans like like them, like we'll we'll hire them over and over again. Like we kind of have a little repertory company of of people that we like. Yeah. Um. You know, and we'll get you know we try new things, like kind of like my the new thing I've been 
for the most part, we've been doing femdom stuff, but mm-hmm. lately we just shot like a romantic male dom scene that turned out great and has been like really well received. So I think we're going to do more of that. Nice. Um, that'll be like kind of like the new adventure and trying out some new people. But, but generally, yeah, I like people who, who know their stuff. I, sure. I like people who are pros and who know their stuff. I wonder why more people aren't shooting like three cameras as opposed to one and having to make the performers start and stop because it, that has got to be real choppy. I don't know. I don't know why more people don't do it. It seems so. Um, I mean, it's not that much more. I guess people get used to a, a, a certain camera style. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, I mean, in part, the editing is more complicated. Plus, yeah. we, we, plus we have an outside outside audio track because that's cleaner so mm-hmm. it's like basically you're you're dealing with like four tracks of stuff yeah. that you need to sync together and then you're dealing with that as opposed to one track so it's like more complicated but well, but I think it I just think it works out better yeah and you get much a much more authentic thing and and for the most part like for like features all three cameras have a live human on them for most things there, there are two people on on moving live cameras, and one camera is like a tripod master shot. Mm-hmm. That's that's basically like sitting there, and also is getting some BTS and stuff. That mm-hmm. is kind of like the backup camera. Cool. So, who are some of your favorite? You mentioned your your kind of your your go to people. Who are some of your favorite performers to work with? Uh, let's see. Right now, um, probably Sybil Troy, who we won an, an AVN award with, is, is mm-hmm. like one of my one of my favorites. She's like a really top, very, very skilled dom. And, mm-hmm. and she's pretty awesome. Um, let's see, who do we like lately? I really enjoy Vanessa Vega a lot. I enjoy people mm-hmm. who can do, who could improvise dialogue well. And she's like really good at that. Mm-hmm. Like her and her and Kay Carter, who were both in our most recent feature, Strangers in a Bar, um, mm-hmm. Strangers in a Bar. And mm-hmm. they both did a great job. Um, okay. I'm going to, we probably reuse guys more often than, than we reuse anybody else because like mm-hmm. in part, like, like cute male sub submissive guys are, are hard to find. It's yeah. kind of like, there's, there's like, there's like 10 like, the whole <laughs> business basically. Um, you know, so like those, those guys like Marcelo, Fluffy, Tony Orlando, Pierce Paris, Draven Navarro, they're all Vegas guys. Like we use them over and over again. They're awesome. The Allura Jensen's another Vegas woman who's really fun to work with. Kiki Dare is a friend of ours. We've worked with her forever. London River is cool. Charlotte Sartre did a super great job. She's a friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, we've worked with her a lot. Th- th- those are those are some kind of some of our um, okay okay some of our some of our peeps. Okay, so how how has the advent of OnlyFans and other such platforms impacted your business? It's been really good for us. I mean, I mm-hmm. think OnlyFans has been great for the business in general because it's forcing yeah. like the abusive asshole guys out of the industry. Mm-hmm. Because now women are making money on their own. So if like it used to be that, okay, I know this guy's like a really abusive jerk and this is going to be a miserable experience for me, but it's $2,000 and I need the money. So I'm just yeah. going to like, you know, I'm just going to like suffer through it. Well, like, at least, it, it, well, at least, well, at least one of them's in prison for a very long time. So. Exactly. So it's it's like they they don't have to put up with jerks anymore because they have their own money. Yeah. Um, so I think that's overall is is really good. 
The that's other thing awesome. that's really good for us is a lot of times we get women who would rather share the content than get paid hmm. because they know that like if we pay them, that's like a flat amount. They get the scene. They could put the scene up on their OnlyFans or their Just for Fans or their Loyal Fans or whatever else or their website. They mm -hmm. can make like three or four times more than they would yeah. just by getting paid, which it's is good. great for us because that yeah, lowers our costs. So it's like yeah. a total, yeah. yeah, it's it's a total win-win. So we're we're all about the content share. It's like so so I love the whole OnlyFans thing. I think it's mm -hmm. I think it's great. Good. Good. Now, do you worry about the right wing powers that be in America censoring the adult industry? You know, people worry about that a lot. The one thing that I remember is in France, there are 25,000 year old cave drawings that are porn. There was caveman porn. Mm -hmm. I, the, like the second somebody had a creative idea, it involved porn. So there has been porn in every single society in the history of mankind from caveman on and it's it's like a basic primal urge and no one will ever completely get rid of it yep. will they will they manage to make our lives more difficult possibly sure um but you know people are you know there's a lot of like money and lawyers and smart people in porn so i'm sure they're on it so yeah i I worry, you know, there's so many other things. If you start worrying about everything that could go wrong, you're just going to be like miserable the whole day. Yep. You know, it's it's like, yes, climate change can, yes, climate change is probably going to wreck the planet in a couple of hundred years and we should do everything else we can to help it. But you can't really sure. like worry about it every single day. Mm. <laughs> Excuse me, as long as you're doing the responsible thing. You've got to do your best. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's the same deal. It's like, do you know, you you got to just do your best, you know, not do stuff that's stupid. You know, it's like, a, 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 like see, sorry, sorry, that counts out this country. <laughs> I run into running into stupid every day. I sorry. Mean, there's so much stupid. But but the, also with porn, it's just kind of like, you know, people like, you know, who like get in trouble because like they used an underage person. And it's like, yep. you know, you're supposed to really ch ch carefully check their IDs and do all that. It's like you, you get in trouble because you lost your paper. Well, well, you didn't realize you were supposed to like keep good track of your paperwork. Yeah. You know, you didn't realize like, well, there's, like, well, there's, you know, it, it, well, there's morons out there who think because they aren't, you know, because two, two, five, seven's basically been defeated that they don't need to keep model records and that no, that couldn't yeah. be farther from the truth we they should you know ask any attorney but unfortunately there's a lot of lazy people in our industry and also a lot of stupid people exactly you know it's i mean we still do like all the 2257 we actually got as you, you should know, new, new and improved paperwork from from michael Fatarosi because there were some changes mm -hmm. in model stuff so it's like you know it's to, to not get in trouble, like, don't do stupid shit. Yes. You know, don't do stupid shit and don't kind of, like, wave it. Don't wave yourself in people's faces. Indeed. Indeed. You know, so. And, and Michael's awesome, by the way. He's been been on the podcast uh, twice, so. Yeah, uh, he's, he's, he's great. Yes, love him. He's great. So what is next for Severe Sex Films? Um, well, we're real. Um, we're we're shooting a lot, which has been great. Um, we're looking for new locations. Um, mm -hmm. We are really like that's that's kind of the main thing. I really want to I want to find like new places to shoot. We're definitely going to uh -huh. do another. We're definitely going to do another feature this year. I I've sort of got two candidates. I think it's going to be about a haunted. I think it's going to be about a haunted dungeon. 
It's going to be another comedy um, with special effects. I like doing special effects. Now that I was in quarantine all that time and learned all the shit, it's like, ooh, I can do nice. things. Very nice. Um, you know, like we have we have our website. We have, have our cake.com channel, which we have. I think it's going to be like fun and interesting. Uh, there was like a big change over there, like kind of what's, what's going on with them. But kind of that's our audience. So that's a really, you know, important part of our Absolutely. part of the puzzle. So, Absolutely. you know, it's, it's kind of like, I always think of them as kind of, you know, like we're the, like the well-received coffee shop that has five locations and they're Starbucks. Absolutely. But, but we're no, both kind of the same serving no, coffee. Kink is amazing. I mean, what, yeah. what what Kink has done over the years? Oh my mm-hmm. God, they're amazing. And yeah, and I got to tell. Did you ever get a chance to go to the Kink Castle? You know, I didn't. Um, oh. Mike oh. has. Mike has. Mike has been. Okay. Okay. But that place was amazing. I I've, couldn't I've seen... believe it. You know, getting yes. the tour, it was like, oh my God, that was what was so cool about when Why Not was doing their show in San Francisco was that party. You know, well, besides the fact that when I, I was living in the Bay then, so I could jump on BART and, and go to the to, to my hotel and then take BART back home. I mean, that was pretty good too, but didn't even have to bring my car to the city, you know, which is a beautiful thing. So, oh, funny story about that. I was staying right on Market Street and, uh, you know, the last night, kink party, drank a lot. I wake up in the morning and there's all this noise and I'm like what the fuck? And I look out the window, gay pride parade. <laughs> okay. And it's like, Oh fuck me. Does it have to be today when I'm hung over? Uh. <laughs> but anyway, that, uh, that, uh, that would the, why not show back then? And the, the King castle party, classic stuff, man. Cla- classic I stuff. I bet. But, yeah. but so, so yeah, that's oh, And, and we should mention probably from, from, from now on, our stuff is going to be all digital. Oh, okay. we, finally, we finally decided to stop making physical DVDs. That's like kind of our other. There you go. Well, you're you're probably smart. So where can fans find your content? Um, our main thing is our website, which is SevereSexFilms.com. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have, like I mentioned, a channel on on Kink. So if you have a membership with Kink, you can go to our channel there. Right. Um, those are kind of the two main ones. We still have clips for sale stores, but honestly, ever since they they ch- they changed their their whole like structure of like the paperwork they needed, we kind of stopped dealing with it. So now it, mm. it just like we had them for like more than ten years, so sure. they still make money, but we yeah. kind of stopped updating them so much. Well, they those, were the big. They are, were they were the big fetish player forever. They, they were a big fetish player forever, but it's like now. And I understand why they need more documentation now. It just is so, it's like a lot. It's cumbersome, it's real, yeah. Yeah, it's very cumbersome. Um, those are kind of the two the two main things. We are also, you know, on all the main, like the big VOD. We're on like hot movies and fetish movies, AABN, Game Link, Adult Empire. Mm-hmm. You know, so any of those video on demand. Excellent. Oh, and well, I before I forget, Smutty mm-hmm. Flicks. Which is ah, Europe. We just we just gotta started, love Mike. Gotta love Mike. We, we just right. started putting stuff up in Smutty Flicks. Mike's another another uh, two time guest on. on uh, he's a good guy. Talk. He's a wonderful guy. I'm, I'm, well, I think we're finally going to get to meet um, at the uh, TES show. Cool. So looking forward to that. Well, D, 
I would like to thank you for being our guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk, and I hope we'll get a chance to do this again really soon. I would love that. Anytime. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. Thank you. My broker tip today is part five of how to buy an adult website. Last week, we talked about how to determine the value of a site, how to negotiate the sale, and how to get to the point of drawing up an agreement. So now you're talking to your attorney and you're having them draft the agreement. What should be in it? Well, your attorney will guide you through the legal side, but here are some considerations to keep in mind from a buying standpoint. What is the date you'd like to close? Make sure you know you'll have the money to either pay the deposit or the entire amount of the purchase by that date. I've had buyers who aren't ready, and that just causes issues. Make sure that all of the assets you're purchasing are in that agreement, such as every domain included in the sale, processing and payment accounts, relationships with the vendors, all records including 2257 data, software to run the sites, and any other assets such as source code for the sites. Of course, it should spell out any payment schedule if there is one. Who's responsible for closing costs, such as paying for escrow? And there are always terms that are unique to yours in the seller's situation. This assumes you're the party responsible for drawing up the agreement. If the seller is doing it, then it's important that you express all of this to your attorney so they can check the seller's agreement and see if any changes are necessary. We'll talk about this subject more next week. And next week we'll be speaking with Gavin Worrell of Verify My Age and Verify My Content. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, D. Severe. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman.